Hi, and welcome to the It's Not You, It's PCOS podcast. I'm Ebony. And I'm Laura. And we're two expert PCOS dietitians. We're going to be sharing with you our favorite evidence-based nutrition and lifestyle tips so you can start to feel your best with PCOS. If you have ever blamed yourself for having PCOS or for any of the frustrating symptoms that come along with it, we want you to know that it's not you, it's PCOS, and that with the right knowledge and support, you can live a full, healthy and happy life with this condition. Welcome back to another episode, It's Not You, It's PCOS. In today's episode, if you're experiencing bloating, constipation, funky bowels, this episode is for you. We are going to be taking a deep dive into the link between irritable bowel syndrome and PCOS. Now, when it comes to PCOS, many women will present with symptoms like irregular periods, infertility, excess hair growth, weight difficulties, but a lesser known or a lesser talked about and lesser known symptom that is really quite common for women with PCOS is digestive symptoms and concerns. And it's been shown that women with PCOS are more likely to be diagnosed with a condition called irritable bowel syndrome or IBS. Laura, what is irritable bowel syndrome? Irritable bowel syndrome is a common condition that impacts the large bowel and causes symptoms such as constipation and diarrhea or alternating between both and also includes bloating, abdominal pain and discomfort. So these symptoms can be triggered by food, gas, stress and along with other factors such as medication, poor sleep and hormonal changes. And I think a really important thing to note with irritable bowel syndrome, it it is a, like PCOS, a syndrome. So this means that your doctor has to exclude a lot of other medical conditions or causes of your digestive symptoms before um, irritable bowel syndrome can be diagnosed. And you need to meet certain criteria in order to be diagnosed. But both PCOS and IBS can have a really, really big impact on a person's quality of life. And we know that both of these conditions can have a profound impact on your body image, your feeling of self-worth, on your interpersonal relationships, on your relationship with food, and even on your sexual function. So, both of these conditions can have a really, really big impact on your quality of life. Absolutely. I mean, that you've just covered so many different parts of someone's life. So I think this is really important to know that it's it's one of the common symptoms that women with PCOS report, and they're more likely to report IBS-dominant constipation and experience symptoms of bloating that come along with that. Yeah, so they're the most frequently reported symptoms for women with PCOS. And whilst we're still learning more about the link between PCOS and IBS, there are a potential number of reasons why or factors why someone might experience these digestive issues. So, Laura, we might run through those now because I think it's really helpful to understand what's going on behind your symptoms. And I guess before we dive into that, for anyone listening that is experiencing any of these symptoms, if you're experiencing 
any changes in your bowels, you're experiencing constipation, loose bowels, or excess bloating, abdominal discomfort, it's really important that you do see your doctor, that you don't just put up with these symptoms because that's something I do see a lot of people with IBS doing is that it just becomes their new normal and they just soldier on and live with these symptoms rather than seeking help and support. But most importantly, we want to make sure that there's nothing more sinister going on. So you really need to make sure any changes in your bowels, any unusual bloating, prolonged bloating, abdominal discomfort, that you go and see your doctor first and foremost. It's really, really important um, that we get that they check for any medical causes for those symptoms. Yeah, absolutely. You shouldn't have to live that way. There is lots of different treatment options medically and nutritionally as well. So please don't live with it. There's lots that we can do to improve your quality of life and really reduce these symptoms. Absolutely. So let's dive into some of the reasons um, why women with PCOS are more likely to experience IBS. Because as I mentioned before, the link's still unclear, but there are a couple of reasons why in the research that have been shown that could potentially contribute to these symptoms. So Laura, I'll get you to start with these links. Yeah. So number one, I would say hormonal changes. So the luteinizing hormone or LH and the follicle stimulating hormone known as the FSH are important hormones involved in ovulation. Women with PCOS often have higher levels of that LH and FSH hormone, which leads to and ovulation and irregular periods. So a recent study found that having PCOS and an increased LH to FSH ratio may be the cause of IBS. Yeah, and the reason why this has been flagged as a potential reason for irritable bowel syndrome in PCOS is that these hormones actually slow the digestion and the movement of food throughout the digestive tract. And that would make sense because constipation and bloating are the two most common symptoms reported by by women with PCOS. So those underlying hormone changes that occur with PCOS really appear to be quite strongly linked with this increased risk of IBS and those symptoms like bloating and constipation. Another really key area that could potentially be contributing to increased amounts of IBS in women with PCOS is that change in the gut microbiome. If you haven't listened to our previous podcast episode on the relationship between the gut and PCOS, go back and listen to that because we talk extensively about the gut microbiome and how women with PCOS do have an altered gut microbiome in that episode. But this dysbiosis or this imbalance of gut bacteria could also be potentially playing a role in the onset and the symptoms of IBS. So it's really, really important to look after your gut microbiome, nourish your gut microbiome to really create a healthy and diverse microbiome to help with your overall health, but also with your PCOS and digestive symptoms. And I guess this diverse um, or dysbiosis that we see in women with PCOS, we know that that's also really closely linked with other common symptoms of PCOS like uh, obesity and insulin resistance. So 
really important area, I encourage you to go back and listen to that previous podcast episode to learn more and get some practical tips on how you can really start supporting your gut microbiome. Yeah, definitely. That episode is a great episode if you're after some practical tips and a great starting point if you're not sure what to do about your gut health and those pesky IBS symptoms. Laura, I know this is something that we both talk about a lot in our clinics, but it's around the role of stress and PCOS management and the massive impact that stress can have on PCOS symptoms in general. So, Laura, can you let our listeners know a little bit more about the link between stress and digestive symptoms and how stress can be a trigger for some people's symptoms like bloating, constipation, and funky bowels? Yeah, so it's well known that there is a link between our digestive system and our brains. It's called the gut-brain axis. So how we're feeling, and particularly if you're experiencing um, chronic stress, um, this can definitely influence our how our gut behaves. So the severity of the IBS symptoms is really directly linked to, you know, how much stress is going on into your life. It could be that you're not getting enough sleep regularly. It could be that you are under eating and you're also got lots of things happening in your life. So it's not just when we're looking at targeting IBS, we're not just looking at food. We're looking at other things that may be exacerbating your IBS symptoms like stress. So people with PCOS experience these higher levels of stress and anxiety, and it can be from all the unknowns of PCOS as well. Like, you know, many women are struggling with weight and restricting their food intake and over-exercising. I mean, that is a huge stress for a lot of women, not for all women, but definitely some of the symptoms with PCOS, like having uh, acne and excess hair growth and unwanted hair growth does impact body image for some women. So that is a stress, you know, you're trying to do all the, the right things and we have all these pesky side effects of PCOS. So looking at your stress, you know, wh- where is this stress coming from? Is it your condition? Is there other things that in your lifestyle that you can change to lower that stress? And we know that definitely working on um, reducing stress either by you know, nourishing the foods that we eat and you know, nourishing uh, a nourishing diet that has lots of those beautiful anti-inflammatory foods in there as well as working on, on your sleep is really helpful. And also like things like meditation and those apps like I think it's called Smiling Minds that I use with my clients. Is there an app that you use with your clients? Yeah, I actually use an app called um, Nerva quite regularly, which is a guided gut hypnotherapy app, which is evidence-based as well. But that's for people with diagnosed irritable bowel syndrome, but it really works on that gut-brain axis. So I really like to use that. But yeah, there are plenty of meditation apps, mindfulness apps that are available 
are freely available as well because the Nerva app, their EDs are paid up that you can access via the app store. So definitely worthwhile checking out some of those apps that are available. We might even link some of those free options in the show notes for you. Yeah, they're so helpful. can really um, be an effective tool in lowering your stress and improving your IBS symptoms. Yes, definitely. And on lifestyle factors as well, sleep is another one that is often not spoken about enough but can have a a big impact not only on your digestive symptoms but also on your PCOS symptoms. And we know women with PCOS are more likely to experience sleep disturbances. They're more likely to be diagnosed with sleep apnea and have sleep apnea. So you can see so many of these symptoms are really interlinked and interrelated. So it's important that you do get some professional support and help to help you tackle these symptoms because what I often find with my clients is once we really uh, address the underlying driving factors of PCOS or we address that insulin resistance, we address that chronic inflammation, address the hormone imbalances that occur, really look at supporting digestive health then that filters across to all of your symptoms, not just one symptom in particular. So, it's really important to get some some help and support there. Now, if you do have IBS, you've been diagnosed with IBS, or you think that you might have IBS, there are a couple of ways that we can treat uh, IBS and improve your symptoms. So, we have two strategies or two steps in the approach for managing IBS. The first step is our first line strategy. So that's really making sure that you're getting enough fiber and the right types of fiber, that you are hydrating, that you're looking at your stress and your sleep, and that you are implementing specific strategies uh, that might help with constipation, loose bowels, whatever the specific symptoms are that you're experiencing. If this isn't effective, Then, oh, another really important one before I move on is making sure you eat regular meals, eating slowly, and chewing your food well. I can't believe I missed that one because that's probably the most important one. And I don't know about you, Laura, but I get so many improvements in bloating with my clients simply by slowing down the meals, sitting, eating mindfully, chewing your food really, really well. Because you can imagine if you're gulping down your food, if you're rushing it, if you're eating it on the go, you're gulping down a huge amount of air with all of that as well. And that's going to make your bloating so much worse. Do you find the same, Laura? Yeah, it, it's, it sounds like a simple strategy, but it, it it is actually a bit tricky to do because we are accustomed to eat on the go, skip meals and eat, you know, in front of the TV or be preoccupied while we're eating. So it does take a little bit of practice to be mindful of what you're eating and the rate that you do eat. So taking that time to eat slowly and chew your food well will help with reducing bloating. So it's an, an excellent strategy. It just takes a little bit of practice to implement and you'll find it can make a big difference. Even things like, you know, avoiding carbonated beverages can help with bloating. Alcohol's a big trigger for a lot of people. It's a gut irritant, so it can really exacerbate those gut symptoms. But 
once we've got, and I've just given a quick snapshot of these first line strategies because there's loads of different first line strategies and different strategies will suit different people. So you're always best to get that personalized advice, but we've gone through a couple just to get you started. But if these aren't effective, then the next step is a trial of a low FODMAP diet for a short period of time and then a reintroduction of those high FODMAP foods under the guidance of an accredited practicing dietitian. And that can be really helpful for more severe IBS. Ebony, I'm just going to put this out there as well. The low FODMAP diet is not forever. If you do start it, please don't do this solo. I can't tell you how many times I've had women try to do this solo. And yeah, it really does have to be under the guidance of a dietitian to make sure that you're not you know, compromising the quality of your diet and your health. And also um, it's quite restrictive. So it's, and it's not meant to be, that's not how it's meant to be uh, forever. It, it is a, a process of um, elimination and reintroducing foods and working out your tolerance to, you know, pretty much empower you to eat a, a diet that's less triggering. Definitely. And a most of those high FODMAP foods are actually the foods that our gut bacteria love to eat. So if you are wiping those out of your diet and you're never replacing them again, you are not feeding that beneficial bacteria. And studies show that if you are on the low FODMAP diet long term, this actually will have a negative effect on your gut microbiome and potentially your gut symptoms. So it is, like Laura said, not a forever diet. You need to reintroduce those FODMAPs in a very systematic way so you can successfully identify what foods are triggers for you and then determine how much of those foods you can eat before you start becoming symptomatic. And a, a dietitian, especially a dietitian who specializes in IBS, can really, really be helpful for this. Yeah, absolutely. Great point, Ebony. And, and yeah, meditation as well and yoga can be just as effective as the low FODMAP diet. So again, there are many options in targeting IBS with PCOS. So if any of these are you're thinking, oh, I've tried that, again, there's lots of strategies in the toolbox that we can help you navigate your symptoms. I hope you found that episode helpful and you've picked up some strategies. As I said, if you are experiencing digestive symptoms, please see your doctor. I can't stress that enough. There are so many things that can cause constipation, bloating, loose bowels, abdominal discomfort. So you want to make sure that you're not assuming that you have something like IBS when in fact it could be something completely different. You need to make sure that you get properly investigated so that you get the correct diagnosis and the correct treatment so you can start feeling better as soon as possible. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, don't forget to share it with your friends and family and subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes.